0: On this episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be discussing Caravan of Courage, an Ewok adventure from 1984. another episode of cult cinema cavalcade i'm brandon and as always with me is your yub nub co-hoster cullen
1: i had something clever to say and then it completely went out of my head so just keep going
0: cult cinema cavalcade is a bi-weekly movie podcast that finds cullen and myself discussing a film from cinema's past considered but not limited to being a cult classic
1: as a disclaimer every episode will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language
0: Today we're here to discuss the first Star Wars spin-off film, Caravan of Courage, an Ewok adventure. Cullen, what is Wicket up to in this one?
1: Well, Wicket the Ewok and his friends agree to help two shipwrecked human children on a quest to find their parents.
0: Caravan of Courage is directed by John Cordy and written by Bob Carew off a story by George Lucas. It stars Warwick Davis, Aubrey Miller, Eric Walker, Finola Flanagan, and Tony Cox, with narration by Burl Ives.
1: Yeah, I didn't realize it was Burl Ives until the end of the movie. I I heard the voice, and I thought, that has to be someone I know. Otherwise, why is he in this movie? And then at the, during the credits, I saw Burl Ives, and then I wrote in my notes, motherfucking Burl Ives. <laughs>
0: We'll talk more about that in a sec. But anyways, welcome back to Cult Cinema Cavalcade for our most exciting adventure yet. Uh, as mentioned, mm. our podcast drops every two weeks. Uh, you can be sure not to miss it by staying tuned to our website, cultcinemacavalcade.com, iTunes, Facebook, and one of the most insane Twitter accounts on the internet. If you want to contact us, you can use those means or emailing us at mail at CultCinemaCavalcade.com. Today, we have a comment on our website coming to us from our friend Brian in reference to our James Bond Never Say Never Again episode. Cullen, you want to read us that comment we received?
1: <laughs> sure. Brian writes, This movie is no octopusy. I had a much angrier comment ready to go, but you guys backtrack some of your anti-Roger Moore talk at the end. Roger Moore is my James Bond, and he will remain the gold standard by which all other James Bonds are judged. I don't care that he just turned 88. If Daniel Craig is done, I say we go back for more. Can you guys each give me your favorite Bond actor, obviously Roger Moore, and Bond film, obviously Moonraker?
0: Thank you, Brian, for the comment. We like interaction with our listeners. So, Especially
1: when they're so spirited, thank you.
0: <laughs> yes. So, Cullen, what do you, what do you have to say about uh, what's your opinion on what Brian has brought to the table here?
1: Uh, well, first of all, Moonraker is not the best James Bond movie. Uh, that is one of the worst James Bond movies. <laughs> It's I will almost disagree. A, uh, I, it's like a parody. It's ridiculous. No, it's not. It's not even. And a pigeon does w- a triple take.
0: That's two seconds of the movie. Anyways, Moonraker, to me, it's my second favorite of the Roger Moore films. And if you like The Spy Who Loved Me, there's no reason not to like Moonraker. They're identical films almost. And I, I really think the first three quarters of Moonraker is surprisingly dark for a Roger Moore film. And... I think it's a great adventure. And I think when they go to space, it's really not that bad. And if you pay attention to like Lewis Gilbert, uh, the director, he directed three bond films. It makes perfect sense that the movie would go to the lengths of space because his first movie was, you only live twice, which had a huge volcano layer, which, you know, land. And then, uh, Spy Who Loved Me was his second film. is underwater base, land sea, and then let's go to air. He yeah, has a space
1: base, so he, go, he goes beyond the air. The unforgivable,
0: <laughs> the the unforgivable thing with the Moonraker is the handling of Jaws towards the end of the film, which mm-hmm. it's uh, it, it's a little bit ridiculous, and he played into children writing in wanting Jaws to be like redeemed, so he bought into that. But aside from that, I I like Moonraker a lot. For years, I was like, ah, Moonraker, Moonraker. But then I realized I hadn't seen Moonraker in a lot of years. And when I did my Bond retrospective back in 2012, and recently I've, I've watched the movie film multiple times since, I was wondering, I'm like, wait, what was it I didn't like about this film? I was surprised by the first three quarters of the film how much I really uh, was really enjoying it, and think it was pretty good. And the space stuff didn't really bother me. And it's like the last fifteen minutes of the film. I I'll, I'll defend Moonraker. I, I, there's a commentary out there on Out Now, There and Abe. If you want to look it up, I spend time defending Moonraker. So, Brian, I'm with you there. Cullen's not, but I'll be with you on Moonraker. It's my second favorite Roger Moore film.
1: I will say one thing about Moonraker, and then I will move on. The final line of the movie is James Bond in an escape pod with some woman. They they talk to uh, to M and Q and everything. And then uh, M says, what, what the devil is Bond doing? And then Q says, I believe he's attempting re-entry. That's the last line of the movie. So you just, I will leave you with that oh, for Moonraker. Oh, only
0: to be topped by The World Is Not Enough.
1: Oh,
0: <laughs> God. Line. But, the,
1: the World is Not Enough It's an awful movie. No,
0: it's not. I, the World is Not Enough is not an awful movie. That's my second favorite Brosnan movie.
1: <laughs> well, it, I will say this. Um, Pierce Brosnan is my favorite Bond. He also has some of the most unfortunate James Bond movies. I think GoldenEye is my favorite. Uh, yeah, I think when that, you set
0: the bar so high with GoldenEye as your first yeah. movie. Like, Craig has been lucky that, you know, he had Casino Royale and Skyfall. I don't... Brosnan never got his Skyfall, but I thought the world is not enough was good enough. I'm not. I mean, Denise Richards is flat in that movie, but she doesn't. She's an exposition machine. That's not. That's not her fault. She can't perform. That's that's too. But it doesn't bug me. I like I like the story of that movie. I love the villains. I think the action's good. I,
1: Denise Richards' character is the worst casting since Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. Yeah,
0: it's I mean, she's just flat though. There's worse Bond girls than Denise Richards. And and I think I'm not going to sit and defend Denise Richards cuz it's not a good performance, but I think there's worse and I don't think it ruins the movie for me. Die Another Day is my least favorite of the Brosnan ones. That one's ooh. It, it, but it, you know, I'll tell you what, Die Another Day is at least not boring. My my, I'll, I'll defend like I think Pierce Brosnan nowadays gets a bad rap. I thought he was a great James Bond. I'm not a, I I tend to find things I like about every James Bond. My favorite one I'll probably lean on Connery, but I mean I love Pierce Brosnan. I love Daniel Craig. I I, I like Roger Moore, and I I sit and bat. I go to bat for Timothy Dalton. I think Dalton's great too. They each I like bring,
1: Timothy Dalton. They a each lot. bring
0: their they each bring their own thing to the table. Which with Con- with Roger Moore, I like. That he stepped into Sean Connery's big shoes and made it his own. Like there's a distinct thing with his Bond and his movies. They took him a while to figure out. It was not until Spider mm-hmm. Love Me, but you know he made it his own. He and at the time, like we discussed, he was just as popular almost as as Sean Connery with Bond.
1: I think also at the time. Um... Uh, Roger Moore's uh, James Bond didn't have kind of a have sex with me or else vibe like Sean Connery's did. Yeah, Sean That's Sean
0: Sean kind Connery's of the, the way it was
1: about. sometimes.
0: Yeah, it was a little bit rough. But I, I don't think those movies were taken the way sometimes they do now back then.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
0: Moonraker was a massive box office hit, by the way. That was a huge movie for, for uh, the James Bond franchise. Um I think my favorite Bond movie is From Russia with Love. I, I really love that movie. It's got a very Hitchcock vibe to it. Uh, it's got good you know Bond things like it's got the first instance of the the tall blonde brute henchman. It's it's got Rosa Klebb, uh, Blofeld petting the cat, not seen. It's it got it ends on like three straight action sequences, with, including that awesome one on the train. I like it a lot. As for Roger for Octopussy, Brian, I I watched it again. I hadn't watched it since I did my uh, 2012 retrospective in which I watched all the James Bond films in a row. And Octopussy, I was really down on. I voted it the worst of the James Bond movies. I'll I'll take that back a little after watching it, just out of context on its own and not watching a bunch of them in a row. It wasn't as bad. There are some really embarrassing things in it, though. When, like, Bond t- t- uh, swings on a rope and they have a Tarzan yell... Yes, come out. Uh, Bond tells the tiger to sit. There's the clown stuff at the end. There's some really the the part where the VJ guy plays the Bond theme as like, "Hey, I'm your contact here." Oof. Um, but it's it's not as boring to me as the Man with the Golden Gun, and I, 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 I maybe right now I'll place it above a View to a Kill, but I I won't place it above. Live and Let Die, or For Your Eyes Only. I think, well, those are two I, that I do like. So I do like more Roger Moore than I don't. And out of context, I guess I could accept Octopussy, too. But, you know, some of Roger Moore's are in the weaker end of things. If you have to, for me, to put all the Bonds in order. But I don't think he's a bad Bond. And I don't think he made a bunch of bad movies, either. And I, I like the sort of fun, gonzoness to a lot of his stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think with with Brosnan, what we got with him was like the best of Connery and the best of Moore together in a hybrid. I think that was what was so yeah. great about him.
1: He was seasoned and sexy, yes so. he was
0: he's a very attractive man <laughs> so All i right. I hope does that i I don't think we were bashing Roger Moore. I didn't realize it because I'm not a hater of Roger Moore or the era, but I hope it clears some stuff up for you and comment again we'll back and forth this if, <laughs> if you want.
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's enough about enough about James Bond we gotta, get, we gotta get down to another odd entry in a franchise
0: <laughs> Yes, moving on to Caravan of Courage, an Ewok adventure
2: Our story begins in a time long, long ago deep in an enchanted forest on the distant moon of Indor.
0: Now, this was on TV. It was just the Ewok adventure, but this was released theatrically overseas and got the, the Caravan of Courage title with it, and that's the title it carries on home video releases.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Which you know, I like
0: we... Caravan of Courage better than uh, the Ewok adventure. <laughs> yeah.
1: They might as well just call it the Ewok movie because yeah. they don't know what else to call it. And they actually do call uh, all of the Ewoks together uh, a caravan. Yeah,
0: and so, the movie is about a caravan, so...
1: And it's about these children gathering the courage to go save their parents from a Jim Henson puppet.
0: This one, it came about... It came in 1984, which was a year after Return of the Jedi, after the Ewoks were introduced. And, and it shows. George Lucas was involved. He did come up with a story on this, and he did he had some sort of like producing role with this because he did not want another Star Wars holiday special that <sighs> he just let the rights out to that, and they made it, and then he didn't see it till it was done. And as we all know, he's tried his best to banish that. And for it never to see the light of day.
1: It. Uh, I will say this: it is better than the Star Wars holiday special.
0: Yes. It.
1: Uh, it, it. <laughs> I wasn't bored two minutes into it. I was not. There, there's a, a part in the middle where it does drag, and I'm thinking, why is this even the movie right now? But it 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 finishes. It tells a story and.
0: Well, here's the thing too: they realize. Hey, this time when we just have alien creatures that don't speak English together, we'll have a narrator so people
2: yes.
1: uh,
0: aren't freaked, creeped out, or you know lost. Even,
1: even with the Ewoks talking back and forth, I could still tell what was going on through context. Unlike in the holiday special, where you just like sit there, like what the hell is going on here? Like they're just they're just like. Wookiee's arguing in a living room what is this it's really
0: cr- disturbing like, it's just like <laughs> rah, rah. and then what because that grandpa one looks so creepy
1: <laughs> he had an underbite it was horrific uh, and the uh, and you know thankfully I mean I don't know if they put more money into this or not but whatever money they put into it it wasn't like God this is yeah you you make this in a weekend you know it's it's a little nine better. days
0: nine days. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was a couple, but no, yeah, Lucas was involved and it, one thing that happened was there was a commercial shot for this that never aired that had Sindel and, and, uh, Mace and Wicket. They walk go into like a fifties diner and order like milkshakes. And then Mace like says, don't forget to tune into the Ewok adventure on November 25th or whatever. What? And, and Lucas, like axed it. He was like, no. No, 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 no. <laughs>
1: what? Just, why would anyone shoot that? It makes no sense. This is this is 84. I mean... Would, I've got to find that. Have you seen this?
0: No, I haven't. It. It, uh, Lucas got a hold of it before it...
1: Bastard. It. I so, want to see that.
0: See, this is why I don't understand why things like this, that, like, it's goofy. It happened in the past. Like, the Star Wars Holiday Special should be a bonus feature on the Blu-ray sets. I'm sorry, George. It happens. People know about it. They can watch it if they want. Now they have the means. Just let it go. Pop it on something. Just so people can have it.
1: So that way people don't have to desperately look for something that's just awful.
0: I want to find massive disappointment.
1: Yeah, that's really what it is. Like I found it, and then you watch it, and it, it's it's like pursuing someone that that that's really hot. You, you finally get on that date. Things are going well. Like, oh my gosh, we're gonna go all the way, and then it's just a bad lay, just a dead fish. This
0: aired in 1984. I don't have ratings or anything, but it got a sequel, so I'm sure it was a pretty big hit. It was also, I mean, it was Star Wars when Star Wars was done, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like you you thought you were done with Star Wars, guess what? We've got some more for you. Yep, it was live action.
0: It was live action. This is what we get. I mean,
1: there was a character that we had seen in the previous Star Wars movie. Right. So great. Yeah.
0: It, it did win two Emmys awards for outstanding children's programming and outstanding special visual effects.
1: Yeah, it's clear... You know, George has said, like, oh, Star Wars movies are kids' movies. They're not kids' movies. A planet blows up in the first one. That's not a freaking kids' movie. I'm sorry. They're
0: family-oriented, though. They're, I a, mean, a family
1: can watch it, but it's not strictly for children. This one was strictly for children.
0: Yeah, th- I mean, there's no doubt about it. And I think that's Lucas's intention as well. I guess we can dig into this movie. Try. it. It opens with a narrator... And it makes it feel a bit Christmassy because as we talked about before, it's Burl Ives who did all the rankin' bass narrations for many other like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer and like Sa- and Frosty the Snowman.
1: <laughs> and he talks about like the forest like being enchanted or something. Isn't that right? I yeah, I know some... at some I know at some point he calls the forest enchanted which i don't understand there's never been anything magical about star wars i mean there's the force but that's not really i never felt that was magical it was mystical maybe i don't know or maybe that's, i'm splitting hairs here but i never felt like inexplicably like why did that happen magic you know i never felt that way and there's a that serious kind of vibe going on needlessly Certainly later on in the movie, when the actual caravan caravan heads out.
0: We go upon the woods at night, and there's a couple of parents searching with flashlights near a crashed cruiser, and they're looking for the kids, worried about them. Talk about hoping they're like life beacon, is that what they call it? Sure. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's not... (laughs) The the thing that tracks... They're children, whatever they want to call it. It's not.
2: Catherine, look. Sindel's jacket. I hope she's kept her life monitor on.
1: But
0: their search is cut short because a giant creature starts approaching them. And then we get the credits. Yes. <laughs> There's our intro scene. We don't have a big scrolling, uh, epic scroll or the Star Wars movie. We do get to see hear about a galaxy far, far away. It's in the narration.
1: Yeah, but it's, it's because this isn't epic. Like That crawl is for epic things. This is just a bunch of people, not even people, a bunch of characters we've never seen doing stuff that really doesn't matter to the rest of the universe at all.
0: It's... The hobbit with Ewoks no that's basically what this is
1: ah oh, you're right that makes <laughs> oh it's gross um, I, I just like this movie even more now
0: so we 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 open on uh, bits of the Ewok village but we fade into the outskirts because this money movie doesn't have the money to have an Ewok village just shots unused from Return of the Jedi. I'm sure of it.
1: Yeah, because so the rest of the the rest of the movie is just like Wicket and his family camping.
0: They're like in a hut. They live in this like hut, and w- it starts with Wicket goes to find one named Eege, and he so it was D-
1: it was Deej.
0: Oh, is it Deej? Yes. Oh, so it's like okay. P- Deej. Pretend
1: pretend it's D J Tanner, but an Ewok. <laughs> it's Deej.
0: Deej, who. Searches for a missing son is going to search for missing sons with a glider, which they had them in Return of the Jedi. So that's something new. But, uh, but, but
1: what's cool about this is that when you see the the glider actually take off, it's not like I mean, there's certainly some of like the close ups. It's like, all right, well, that's clearly just like like a person with a blue background or whatever. But there are like wide overhead shots where there's a person dressed as an Ewok on a glider. So that's at least, I don't know, that's kind of cool. That's neat. I I give him props for that.
0: This movie, for TV movie, costuming, puppetry effects, they're pretty good. And TV movies were a bigger deal back when this Mm -hmm. came out, too. There was more effort put into them. There were more than just those, you know, Hallmark holiday movies that we see all the time. Yeah, they're, like,
1: they're, you, you, they're not just, like, romantic comedies dressed up with Christmas garbage around it. This was an actual, like, an attempt at making a movie.
0: Yeah, if, you, if there was a special uh, made-for-TV movie on, it was usually, like, a, a time to gather around and everybody watch it type thing. I mean, and this is even before Stephen King miniseries became a huge thing. This mm-hmm, is, yeah. you go back and watch them now, and... Yeah, it was, I mean, without commercials and stuff and not having the context of time, they're not very interesting. <laughs> Movies or as good, but they, they were a big deal. Uh, Deej finds the two sons and throws them a rope, and then they all fall down a hill.
1: And yeah, like the, like the sons are like fighting on the side of a mountain.
0: <laughs> yeah, just bullshit. Ah, there they are. As they walk home, they pass by the cruiser we saw, in the opening scene, and they start to search it, and guess what? The little girl, Sindel, was in there the whole time, apparently? Like, yeah, ignore, like the- ignoring her parents that were like, Hey, it's okay, we forgive you, like, it's all...
1: Yeah, either oh. the daughter's an idiot, or the or the parents are idiots. Because they're like, they're, they're yelling, they're looking all around the outside of the ship. Like, uh, why didn't you look... <laughs> The, the inside of your ship. And they
0: found her jacket out there and were worried, and she doesn't, like, she w-
1: was she maybe not
0: there when that happened? But it clearly
1: seems like Well, I don't know gonna... how the hell she got back, because she didn't have, like, <sighs> a flashlight or anything to get back in the middle of the... It must have been at night when she came back. because
0: right, she was hiding in some paneling while the Ewoks are all, like, checking out Sindel... Her brother comes in like a man on a mission and is threatening to go off on some Ewoks.
2: Get your hands on her! <laughs> no, mates, no! Be quiet, Syndrome. They weren't hurting me. These might be the guys who have Mom and Dad. I think they want to be our friends. Get your hands over now! <laughs> That's it, my face! He,
1: he comes yeah. in dressed... Up like a like a knockoff X-wing pilot yes. outfit that he has. Yeah, it's
0: as close to yeah, it's, it's some familiarity. You're like, okay,
1: yeah, like what well, looks like Luke. That's that's awesome. Thank you. Oh yeah, by the way, this kid that plays Mace, awful. But like, both the kids are <laughs> yeah, awful. They're bad. But this, uh, but the parents, Mace
0: weren't much better.
1: Yeah, like but
0: they well, exit the movie for a good. For the entire duration, from minute two to the final three minutes.
1: Yes, and and I think that was uh, a, a terrible idea because uh, we we go through this whole movie like, all right, well, we got to go find our parents. We don't see what their parents are going through. We see like briefly because of this. Well, we'll get to that in a moment. We'll we'll, we'll get we'll get to. The parents. When we get to the um, the mystic, I'll, I'll get more to it then. But 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 this kid Mace, who by the way looks almost exactly like uh, Jason Lively, you know, the guy from uh, Night of the Creeps and National Lampoon's European Vacation. And I don't know if like they were like breeding children to look that that way at that point. Like, all right, I want a I want a young man. But I want him to have, like, eyes like a pug. And I, want him I, the,
0: I want him to have the face of a midget. <laughs> it's it's, it's like, exactly right. Like, like, this kid is like, you know what? It's like, you look at him and it's like, well, maybe he's a midget? Or maybe yeah. he's just a kid.
1: <laughs> yeah, You can't. He's writing that line. And it's clearly Jason Lively wasn't because he was a pretty tall guy. Yeah. But, like, this guy, you're like, and that, that Stumpy X-Wing pilot knockoff outfit he's wearing didn't help. <laughs>
0: But I, I do like that the the outfits that the humans wear in this do feel Star Wars of that time,
1: yeah, they're, they're like they're vaguely Star Wars, but I mean they're they're close enough for a TV movie.
0: Do you know when this was supposed to take place in the Star Wars universe? i I did I read and there was where I saw it was between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Oh, is when okay. this...
1: I, mean, I mean, I guess that's believable. We don't see anything with the Empire. At all, so who the heck knows? It, it could take place just any time within Wicket's life.
2: Yeah. That's
1: all. It that's all it really is. I
0: mean, it could have taken place after Return of the Jedi, even.
1: It, it could have. Like I said, there's no mention of the Empire at all in this. There, there's there's no allusion to like um like not even like an imperial symbol. So we have no idea when the hell this is taking place.
0: Did you did you ever see this movie before this?
1: uh maybe i i know i saw i know i saw one of them but i do not remember which one i saw okay
0: i remember uh, because i you know i wasn't old enough to sit and watch this and this when it came out but i did see i i'm sure they re-aired it on tv and i know i'd seen Mm -hmm. it but even back then when i was a kid and saw this i remember thinking the child actors were bad then so it's not (laughs) like this is some like movie I adore as a kid and I go back I'm like man I never noticed how bad these kids were mm-hmm. in the movie but this was something like I picked up like maybe I don't know maybe not so much Mace but I remember just Sindel being like
1: annoying. I remember I remember her being bad I forgot how I didn't realize how bad Mace was in this god he was awful because he doesn't even like his character doesn't even develop it doesn't get better he was a shithead when the movie starts and and he's a shithead when the movie ends.
0: Yeah, if these were kids in a movie, that were, if they play the kids of some, like, adults in a movie that was about those adults, and you didn't get them as much, maybe they wouldn't be so bad, but now yeah. you have a whole movie with these two being the only people we understand.
1: Yeah, when, when you say understand, we don't mean, like, their motivations. They're the only ones speaking English other than the narrator. There are some times where, like, the Ewoks will, like, say things... Uh, they'll mimic um, what the kids are saying. And for the most part, that's fine, but uh, there there was one part when, like after like the ewoks like take Mace and, and, and Sindo to their hut, Sindo, the, the little blonde haired girl, she was explaining to Wicket about how they crashed and everything and they said, you know, she says starship and he says starship in an ewok voice, and it's just fine. But like uh, a little bit later, they talk. They ask him to help their them to f- go find their parents. It's creepy because he says like a full sentence. It's not wicked. It's one of the other ones. He says, "We help you," and it's creepy. Because it's a full sentence it's not like it's a word here or there like okay i can dismiss that it's like it's i don't know it was unsettling it was just like oh god what's oh what's gonna happen in this movie it sounds almost evil it's evil
0: yeah it's yeah. know well, i mean the, the ewoks as the cute as they are are kind of not that cute looking in the face and stuff like
1: well no because they all they all have like buck teeth yeah and they all have dead eyes. <laughs> so they're not that cute. Uh, back to where
0: we, we were. The, e- the Ewoks easily uh, disarm and take care of Mace and carry him off. Uh, but they find Sindel is weakened and they get medicine, but they're going to need some more. So then we end up having some scenes of Ewoks screwing around and Wicket showing affection for a, a sick <laughs> Sindel.
1: That's right. There's a lot of Ewoks just screwing around yeah. in this This movie. is like, could you
0: show the Ewoks doing something? Kids will like it.
1: How much time I got to fill on TV? It, Two exactly. hours?
0: Exactly. Movie, this movie has a lot of that.
1: Yes, there is. The whole second act is mostly just fill time.
0: Right. So Mace goes with the Ewoks on a quest to get more medicine And we don't know what's going on, but the narrator is there to fill us in to tell us where they're going, why they're going there, and the statistics of this medicine that they're finding. When they're looking for the medicine, uh, there's a little creature coming out of a hole in a tree that Mace, of course, has to stick his hand in. But guess what? Bigger, bigger creature. And, you know, he gets his hand stuck in there. Hilarity ensues, but...
1: (laughs) Well... (laughs) <laughs> Relative to this movie, hilarity <laughs> yes. ensues.
0: So they get they get this concoction. They they fire it up and give they put it in a leaf and let Sindel drink it. Better, but then we get more dicking around. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's it's yeah. The next morning is just, just like her and and uh, Wicket just playing with a ferret the next morning.
0: Just yeah, they have like real animals that I can yeah. recognize in this movie, which is weird for Star Wars. They yeah, have that, ferrets, horses, llamas? Llamas?
1: Yeah, okay. they really don't... It, it's Yeah, it's not a good idea to have actual like creatures that we know in there. It's weird. It's just, it just seems out of place.
0: In the middle of the night, Mace gets the bright idea that him and, and Sindel should sneak away.
1: And he calls the Ewoks animals. So that means that Mace is a racist. They are clearly <laughs> not animals. They have a language... Uh, they saved his life, by the way. They they saved her his sister's life, too. So they're not animals. They, they're intelligent beings. So Mace, racist. Racist.
0: And he's got an anger problem, too.
1: <laughs> Nothing better than an angry racist to put in your Star Wars movie. Right.
0: All right. They go in the woods. Then they talk about how much they miss their parents and regret running away. Blah, blah, blah. And then a giant rat creature comes after them, and they hide in a tree. And you know the best thing when a creature's outside trying to get into your tree is to sleep it off, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, all right, well, it's no longer attacking us, so let's just take a nap. What?
0: <laughs> and they when they wake up, the Ewoks are fighting it off, and then they defeat it with
1: it. Which Mace s- tries to sleep through, by yes. the way.
0: Yes. Our is,
1: hero, ladies and gentlemen.
0: It, it's defeated with like a trank dart from a blowgun.
1: Yes, these animals that have sophisticated weapons.
0: But the uh, the rat thing has their mother's tracking device on it. Mm-hmm. The narrator then informs us that they'll need to find the master of this beast, because I I, I never got the feeling at any point in the movie that the the main. Uh, antagonist was controlling beasts like this, but
1: no, because you haven't seen the main antagonist since the first three minutes of the movie, and we're, you only we're... saw them for thirty seconds.
0: Or, or see him, see see him do anything but walk up. Exactly, <laughs> seen...
1: we're like a half hour into the movie at this point, if not longer, and we we just know that their parents are gone and these kids are lost, and they're hanging with Ewoks. That's all that's happened so far in this movie.
0: Back in the Ewok hut, Mace Sindel discuss finding their parents, and Ewoks tell them they need to visit the village mystic. So we get some more uh, shots from Return of the Jedi and into a different hut where this mystic guy, he spins this top thing, And we get a vision of the captive parents and our villain, the Gorax. Yes. With some terrific acting from our master thespian children.
2: That's Dad. Where is that? What is it? That's Mommy and Dad. The monster is something real big. Where is it? Where is it? If we don't help them, they're
1: going to die. Uh. This, this, and this is the first that we've seen the parents since, like I said, the beginning of the movie. So we have no idea what they're, what they're going through. We see that they're in like a cage and that's it. We don't know if they're actually in trouble or what the hell is happening. We have no perspective. Like, you know, with, um, if you think about it, you want to know what's on the line here. You think about the first Star Wars, and you see Leia periodically on the Death Star while she's captured. Yeah. So you have an idea of what's going on. There's a you understand the passage of time. It helps you understand what the stakes are, what she's going through. This movie says, you know what? Fuck it. We're not doing any of that. <laughs> Their parents, parents are gone. That's all you need to know.
0: Being captive. There's no like. Hmm. I wonder how we could get out of here. Or
1: yeah. We don't know if they're being held for food. We don't know if they're being held because the this where the wild things are looking monster is scared of them. We don't know what the hell yeah, is going on from their perspective. And
0: it gives us less of the villain to know that there could be more to him than just being a big thing. Like that—that's it with the villain. He's big. He's giant, and he kills people.
1: <laughs> he has an axe, and he's hairy. <laughs> and keeps that's what we know of our character.
0: This villain, the Gorax, is found in a land where no Ewok has ever returned. So everybody goes to sleep. We have a lot of <laughs> sleeping scenes in this this yes, damn we thing. Do. People go to sleep, and we get to see some baby Ewoks. Then the next morning, the journey begins, and the walk starts.
1: And they, they, we... they load up a bunch of little Sebastians, and they they head <laughs> off into the forest.
0: They come across a tree that gets chopped down by an Ewok that Mace at first is pissed about. And he's like, wow, you can chop a tree with an axe and you can throw that axe. Come with us.
1: They have like a back and forth. Like, we we forgot to mention that each, and this is actually semi-important to the movie, but before the caravan actually heads out, they each get like the totems of Ewok warriors and a bunch of them get like wings that like they're basically like crowns. Yeah. And, um, the others, um, what Mace gets a rock who, and he immediately throws it away because he's a dick and yep. a racist. And a uh, gets like a candle that burns forever. And Wicket gets like a, a, a cane or a stick and, I don't remember. There was some, might have been some other stuff too. It's whatever. Some of them are important. Most of them are not. Yes. So, yeah. So um,
0: they they grab they they, they, they grab the, the the axe guy and more walking.
1: Yes. If you hey, what's your least favorite part of Lord of the Rings? The walking. Good news. There's plenty of it in this movie.
0: There's a lot of foot travel. Then they find a priestess crystal that has the crystal
1: yeah that's one of the other uh ewok totems
0: and has to pass she has to pass a magic test and the diamond turns into a lizard
1: yeah well when mace holds this crystal yeah like like she has to pass no she doesn't have to pass the test they have to pass the test so she will go with them that's what it was right okay
0: so
1: she gives the, cr- the crystal to the racist mace, and it turns into a lizard because he's like the devil. And so he runs off. He's like, oh, it's a lizard. This is stupid. And he walks away because he's he's ignorant. And then uh, Sindo picks it up, and it turns into a white mouse. And somehow that means that the priestess will then go with them.
0: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't mean, oh, danger, rodent.
1: <laughs> well, It's a... It's it's a white mouse and those are friendly on Endor uh. maybe who knows who's to say it's not explained it's magic we then
0: we come out of the woods because the forest moon of Endor is just forest right but we get to see a more hills and plains type area of the forest moon
1: which also is interesting also <laughs> see, I think it's the boring part of Endor
0: I'm not talking about how entertaining it is I'm saying the <laughs> setting is interesting to see something new
1: yeah on the planet this is, this is really where the boredom uh, starts to get turned up a bit.
0: Yeah, and I got—I'll admit here—like I am a fan of the, back in the '70s and '80s the matte paintings the, the technique that mm-hmm. used to go in. I, I, I love matte paintings. I, you know, some do, some are more realistic looking than others, but I just—I have an affection for matte paintings. I can't tell you why, but I just love seeing them. And this this one has some really good stuff going for it. It did have. Um, on the production design team, uh, Joe Johnston, who later would, you know, he's part of the Lucasfilm-Spielberg production people behind, like, you know, with, I think he's Kathleen Kennedy's husband, isn't he?
2: Um, and, I uh And
0: he, you know, he worked on Indiana Jones movies. He directed The Rocketeer. He directed Captain America, The First Avenger, to name a couple. But, yeah, he was a production designer on here, and he had
1: done a couple, like, storybooks for the Ewoks as well.
2: Hmm. Oh. But he well,
1: went on to bigger and better things.
0: Yes. So, but, yeah, but, but the,
1: the but the Matt pittings are actually very good in this. Yeah. That was one of the things I thought like early on in the movie that that was actually really good.
0: Yes. But yeah, like you said, <laughs> we first uh, we find a pond that Mace falls in and he's stuck underwater, and for some reason they want to save him.
1: Well, for some reason, you understand when he says get stuck underwater. There's some for some reason the water. The top layer solidifies, I guess, because magic.
0: Yeah, it's a magical pond, and they try to get him out.
1: But like everything, they try like they try like rope and rope it's like and a, a branch.
0: Stick. Yeah, they just and they both go right
1: under the yeah they disappear under the water.
0: <laughs> get the magic stick. <laughs> and it works it pulls him out and we get a stick with mace for the rest of the movie
1: then so is that, so that means like wicket's like the fitty cent of this movie right with the right. magic stick he's got
0: the okay. magic stick
1: that's it okay that's <laughs> I've always suspected good
0: then there's this there's this little sebastian that has this like shit all over the back of it it's like this big mound of some something that they it's like Sindel they put over.
1: like a it's like they put like a hut yeah. on top of its back,
0: and Sindel and, and Wicket ride in it, and at one point Sindel's just in there by herself, and the horse goes wild, and she's in it, and it escapes, and the axe Ewok chases it down, slows up the horse, and because that needed to happen right yeah, after the, the- pond.
1: Exactly. This thing takes about two or three minutes, like directly after Mace gets stuck in the water. And, you know, the, the, the woodsman Ewok immediately stops the horse and they come back. Like, okay, well, that ate up a few minutes. And when they return to where the rest of the Ewoks are, Mace jumps up and runs. And he's, you know, just like, they're here. They're back. They're here. Like, they were gone for, like, ten minutes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And he acts
1: like they were gone for days.
0: Yeah. And after that, guess what happens?
1: More sleeping.
0: More sleeping! And this time in the middle of the night, a firefly shows up, and Mace wakes up, and then there's a bunch of them after they go outside the tent, and they're just flying around and doing crazy stuff, so Sindel thinks, I'm gonna put my candle down here. And then all of them fly into it, and do they? Is there one left behind, or they all form some light creature?
1: No, there's there's just one left behind. Okay. All the others were too stupid to not go into the I couldn't light. Figure
0: that out. I was like,
1: yeah, did, the, did, but there was just one that was just like it. Just I don't know. It, maybe it got like cut under a blade of grass or something. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, it, it it didn't go in.
0: Yeah. So they decide they decide next. Oh, let's eat. And then they think it's funny to try to feed a firefly a cracker, and then they dick around playing with the firefly, and we get this line.
2: I think she giggles.
1: And then they all giggle, and they all fly, or she flies around them, and, and they giggle, and we all die a little inside after watching it.
0: Yeah. Ugh. So, from the plains, we get to the Desert of Salma? Is that what it was called? Sure. And they get to a point where they stop
1: and <laughs> If you be- can you believe it? <laughs> they stop again.
0: And you know, Mace is pissed about something and and Ewok offers a rock. Can
1: you believe and- it? Mace is upset about something. <laughs> they get to the-, the fortress or or whatever where the Gorax lives. And
0: unfortunately the the Gorax has not put a mat out that says, Welcome, come in and I will kill you It's <laughs> like a boulder.
1: No, they're gonna have to do a little more than you know, giggle and camp.
0: Hey, you in there? Give me my parents.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry for the misunderstanding.
0: Can I have two Ewoks in exchange?
2: <laughs> I'll shave them. Don't worry.
0: The arrowhead drops on the ground and then twirls around like a compass. Well, that,
1: and then that's that's the rock that the rock, yeah, that, that Mace threw away. But Wicket, because he's not a dick and he listens to his elders, he took the rock after Mace picked it up and gave it to him because the fortress is surrounded by rocks and they figure, hey, rock beats rock, right? So let's get the rock out.
0: Which ends up helping them tell them the obvious thing of shoot the boulder.
1: (laughs) Yes, there's a giant boulder that's clearly in front of the cave. (laughs) And the arrowhead like goes like underneath the boulder like through the cave to show them like this is the entrance.
0: They go, they go inside, and the Ewoks.
1: Suggest- well, they, they, he shoots. Um, Mace shoots that boulder, which I didn't. First of all, I didn't know blasters could shoot boulders. That seems a bit.
0: Well, he had some rifle thing. That-
1: I know, but like it, it's weird, like the way it shoots. Maybe it's just because like the power is low, or, but it kind of shoots like one of the proton packs from Ghostbusters. <laughs> yes. It does, and like that candle that Sindel uses, it's like a Ghostbuster trap.
2: Right. So, like, yeah.
1: And this was made in '84, so I'm just saying there's some similarities.
0: There's a chance. When they get inside, the Ewok suggests that Sindel hang back with Wicket and random Ewok number two.
1: Because they've come all this way. Yes. You're good. Just stay here.
0: (laughs) You're not on a horse, so you're fine.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Just, Just pretend like it's the rest of the movie and just camp here.
0: Exploring the cave takes them outside for a sec and then back in a cave. And they have to cross a giant spider web.
1: And when I saw that spider web, I'm like, you motherfucker. Don't you know what's going to happen? How can you not tell what's going to happen, you stupid asshole? I thought the set
0: set looked cool. The set looks
1: cool, but I just thought, like, there's clearly going to be giant spiders. The giant spider web. And
0: there is. There's one, because that's what the budget
1: allowed. (laughs) One at a time.
0: One at a time. And it attacks, and one of the Ewoks points a magic staff at it, and it controls it to stop, and they... The axe guy hacks the web up and it falls. So getting back is going to be a challenge if they survive.
1: That's what I thought. Like, well, I uh, like, how do you plan to get back, you stupid asshole?
0: But the the spider then finds its way to Wicket and Sindel, and then Wicket kills the spider.
1: Yeah, he's yeah he's he really stabs it. He really <laughs> goes for it. I mean, the thing like it's it's uh, kind of pins him down, but he. Stabs the hell out of that thing. That's what
0: you got to kill it dead.
1: That's right. And that's why, in that scene alone, Ewoks are better than Gungans in any case.
0: I will not argue that. We then have a giant staircase that everybody has to climb, but that leads us to the lair in which the parents are in a cage, like a bird cage, and the Gorax appears and sits at a table. But then the Ewok, one of the Ewoks, knocks over a giant axe, and but they somehow so, the, the Gorax gets distracted and leaves the
1: room. Yeah, I mean it. Th- this part of the movie basically turns into Jack and the Beanstalk, right? Ex- except the parents are the golden goose,
0: or or the smog, and instead of the gold, oh. it's the parents.
1: There you go. You're absolutely right. <laughs>
0: And they use this giant axe to catapult mace up to get his parents out of the cage and then the gorax comes back to find everyone. Yeah because like
1: one of the one of the ewoks like runs off and distracts him and chases him around and the, the parents come down from that cage, but that ewok that was the distraction just ends up leading the gorax back anyway. so that so he bought them time at least. Yeah.
0: What do you what do you think of the Gorax?
1: I feel like it is something that
0: it's guy in a costume.
1: I I, I think it's something that was left over from Labyrinth. Okay. That's what I think it was. I'll
0: tell you what, it's really weird, and this movie was giving me this vibe, especially when the the Gorax was on there. But I was getting a
1: showbiz pizza vibe.
2: <laughs> I don't know really?
0: why. Like I feel like. He would have been like a creature. You know how? Do you remember, uh, kids? Showbiz Pizza was a precursor to Chuck E. Cheese. If you're a younger listener <laughs> listening to us, and it was better, and it was better, Billy Bob forever. <laughs> and they had these in the hall by like the salad bar and the restrooms. They had fake movie posters.
1: Yeah, they they would be, they were like parodies of movies, but yes. with the, with the Showbiz Pizza characters, the
0: cast of terrifying animatronic creatures. <laughs> and this feels like something that would have been on one of those or maybe in one of their like videos they show.
1: Yeah, it, it, it does look like one of their video monsters. And You're absolutely like, hey, right. It's like
0: a Henson product, but it's kind of creepy. Like the gorilla <laughs> who played the drums.
1: Yeah. It's like 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 a Jim Henson project but with a third of the budget.
0: Yes. So he's not bad. But it's, yeah, it's just different, and you know, I kind of miss sometimes giant guy in a costume, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean,
1: I, I well, like you're a the Godzilla
0: pers- fan, so I mean, yes. you love guys in costumes yeah.
1: looking giant. I, I like the perspective of it. It does look like a really, really, it looks, it looks like two stories tall, like like authentically two stories tall, but. I mean, it's still like the mouth. It's got like a it's got a little mouth for how big it is. Right. So that's kind of it's kind of weird. Like I guess he was planning to eat the parents. He was just going to nibble on them because that's all he could fit in his mouth.
0: And you know, oddly as it is, it does feel like a Star Wars creature more so than the rat. But yeah, the, the yeah. rat was an effects thing.
1: Alright. I agree. I agree with that. But it's still it it feels like a first draft a beast, you know, like, yeah, all right, yeah. well, like, like, all right, this is, this is uh this is the prototype. This is what we made. And the person like authorizing stuff like that's great. Let's just use it. Like, really? You're happy with this? Like we're done. Just, we got to shoot this on Tuesday. Let's just get to work.
0: It looks fine. Kids will like it.
1: <laughs> we know kids are dumb because of the two kids we hired to be in this movie. So just, just get this thing out there and let's shoot this and let's go home.
0: <laughs> At this point. The 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 group is trying to escape, and the the axe Ewok decides he's going to take on the Gorax one on one.
1: Yes, the Gorax is significant. Like I said, it's like two stories tall at least. So imagine an Ewok fighting something that large, and it's not like you know, like okay, we we saw them fight. You know the uh, ATSTs in uh, Return of the Jedi, but this is this is different. This is a living one-on-one living creature with an yeah. enormous axe, right? And that clearly eats other people, other beings. Now I put out this. Our next
0: action is Mace comes back with the Firefly thing, and and has it go after the Gorax, and the Gorax gets uh, like obnoxiously pissed about it and starts crashing around, it hitting the walls, and debris starts falling down. And the debris hits the axe Ewok and kills it. Yes. So Mace has killed his 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 reckless battle plan has because killed. Because he's a re- the Ewok.
1: I, I don't think it was a coincidence. I think that he thought, "Hey, I can save my parents and I can murder some of these animals at the same time." That's, I think he he wanted to cleanse Endor Secretly he wanted to cleanse Endor And he thought this is my time I can use the enemy Of my enemy is my friend Kill an Ewok Gorax
0: Yes they have a moment together And the Axe Ewok Gives him the axe Come on you
2: gotta be right. He's gonna be here Come on come on come on you gotta be alright Let's go we gotta go he's gonna come back Come on Come on You can do it. You're brave, you're strong. You're my friend. Friend? Your axe? No, this is your axe. You're gonna need it. You're gonna need it. No. No, please don't die, no. Goodbye. Thank you.
1: I don't buy that they're friends. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the the chase continues and a magic ewoks makes a rock fall on the Gorax's head and the mother shoots Mace's gun and the Gorax falls over the cliff and Mace in, instead of, you know, admitting to murder covers up with, "Oh, he died for all of us," when referring mm. to the axe elf or the axe mm. ewok.
1: No, but, you No.
0: But the Gorax comes back for one last scare, but Mace throws the axe in it, and it falls down for good. The family's back together again. They all apologize for everything except making this movie. And (laughs) the firefly leads them out of the cave. They go back to camp, and Mace does one thing. He sets the firefly free. And And
1: then Ewok party! Ewok party!
0: Ewok celebration. The caravan has ended. The Ewok adventure, yeah. this Ewok adventure is over. They would be back the following year. And that that's how uh, we followed up Return of the Jedi in 1994.
1: <laughs> You're right. It, what more can you say than that's how they followed it up? That's the movie they made.
0: It, I mean, this thing was apparently a hit. Yeah, it, got a, it got itself a sequel. They made an Ewok cartoon after that sequel.
1: I remember liking the Ewok cartoon.
0: There's Ewok... Ewok cartoon and they had droids
1: as well. Droids was garbage, but I remember enjoying Ewok cartoon. Oh god! And that man, that party at the end, or the where the Ewoks are just hanging out, like the the dad, like the human father who I don't think we ever know his name. Um, he he just talks to like Wicket's dad and he says, oh, "We are two very lucky fathers." Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whatever
0: yo deej Uh, we lucky fathers
1: (laughs) it's right in the hi-fi and then it and then it ends with
2: burl ives saying reunited the families enjoy the simple pleasures of being together having learned something they already knew that courage loyalty and love are the strongest forces in the universe and that one line, it just felt like,
1: you just shit on all of the other movies that were made. Those are the strongest forces in the universe. Certainly not the force. And also, the first part of that sentence is fucking Ed Wood style dialogue. Yeah. Having learned something they already knew. They didn't fucking learn anything, did they? Come on, Pearl Ives. Get with it. That's how the movie ends. With a stupid line that says "F off," Empire Strikes Back.
0: Okay, it's time for trivia now. Trivia is our portion of the show where we pick a few things off the IMDb trivia page and and discuss them. I guess our first item: the crashed Tawani Star Cruiser incorporated wings from one of the full-size snowspeeders used in the Empire Strikes Back.
1: I thought it kind of. it looked like an amalgam of like other ships used. It looks
0: Star Wars. I'll give it that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like the front of it kind of looks like a Y wing. That's what it looks like. It looks like a Y wing on the front and like a snow speeder on the sides, and all garbage inside.
0: Yeah, including its passenger.
1: Yeah, like a crash. Like, this has only been here for a couple of days, right? Why does it look like it's been here for a decade?
0: Right. With as cheap as this movie is, I would, I can see them going to the, the scrap bin from the other movies and being like, Ah, well, grab that. Grab that, why don't you? Is the Ewok village still up and running? No, you tore it down? Okay, do we have any footage? Good enough. Splice in there?
1: By okay. the way, that hut that they hang out in, it must be like using Time Lord technology because the inside look exceptionally larger than the outside I, of it.
0: I swear the hut, that hut and the the witch doctor hut hut were the same ones rearranged.
1: I, I'm I'm sure you're absolutely right. I'm sure they just redressed it. They I'm sure that's what they did.
0: Uh, next up. Eyelids for the sleeping Ewoks had to be created by ILM for the Ewok adventure since the original masks used in Return of the Jedi did not have them. The Blu-ray release for Return of the Jedi would digitally add them, allowing the dry-eyed heroes to blink for the first time.
1: And just be really odd and out of place that no one was bothered with until...
0: I never thought about the Ewoks not blinking ever.
1: Exactly. I, I've I've seen this movie my entire life. I did not think about it until they actually digitally added them blinking.
0: I guess unlike a lot of modern moviegoers, we have a suspension of disbelief. And if that's not something that's gonna not <laughs> gonna ruin a movie for us, that the Ewoks didn't blink.
1: Yeah, that, that that was really what took me out of the whole movie. The fact that they couldn't blink. We don't know their physiology. Maybe they don't need to blink. Who the hell knows? It's not important to the story. Just Ugh.
0: One of the early working titles for the Ewok Adventure was The Ewok Holiday Special. No. I if you have Burl Ives narrating it, I can go I can vote that. But after the Star Wars Holiday Special, would they want to name something that? Or it did come out I, November twenty fifth,
1: nineteen eighty four. Oh man. Like they after that black spot on star wars why would they want to do anything that even remotely references it i just
2: yeah
1: oh dumb dumb (laughs) bad, dumb dumb. now it's time for us to rate the movie
0: as we are cult cinema cavalcade we have cultized our rating process you can stay with your family which means you don't recommend this movie you Probably didn't enjoy watching it, and you hope never to revisit it again. You are converted. You are thinking about getting some real estate, maybe in Endor, um, and wouldn't you know, wouldn't mind having some neighbors and drinking the Kool Aid. This is your favorite Star Wars movie ever. You love it. Everyone needs to see this. You don't know what the heck people are talking about with that original trilogy. The Ewok Adventure is where it's at. Cullen. How do you rate Caravan of Courage an Ewok Adventure?
2: I will
1: say, unless you are a die-hard Star Wars fan that wants to see everything Star Wars related, I will stay with my family. There's there's the, the stakes are just so low. I mean, I mean it is it's to save the lives of of two people, and that's and that's worthwhile. However, compared to everything else that is going on in the galaxy it doesn't seem like that big of a deal
0: <laughs> for me I'm gonna stay with my family and probably see if my parents want to move in too <laughs> uh, this this is this is that television movie garbage like Basically, a lot of this movie was made with a precipice that, eh, Star Wars, the Ewoks are on screen. Kids will like it. You know, that that's that's enough for this movie. There, I mean, there is cool stuff. I think the end, you know, watching the, the effects of the Gorax is, is cool. I don't, I don't think they nail their action sequence any at all. There's some good sets, but most of this movie is junk. It's sitting this- in a hut doing nothing or walking around doing nothing and everything that happens to them that's adventurous or action packed feels like superfluous bullshit that has nothing to do with the journey and just stuff that randomly comes to them and it just happens because we we haven't had anything action oriented that anyone would care about for uh
1: twenty minutes. The the whole second act of this thing, like really like we did not I don't think we emphasize how much the second act of this thing just fucking drags.
0: And there's. It just. Does Sindel need to be sick? You could pull that part right out. That makes no difference.
1: You could pull a lot of <laughs> out of could, this. You know what?
0: They could heal her with one leaf and not have to go on a quest to find more medicine
1: to prove yeah. her worth. Yeah, it's. They could have. They could have like met like more Ewoks along the way on their journey. Like they could have made it, you know, like the wizard of Oz. They could have made it like that made the journey, the adventure, not, I mean, there is, I mean, that's what it should be. That's the adventure is the journey. And they just don't go on this journey until like 40 minutes or more into the movie. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's,
0: it's all bullshit. Even the action sequences in this movie are bullshit. It just, yeah, it just doesn't. I mean, it's nothing. This movie's so hollow. It's not even funny. And. I mean, if you're a hardcore Star Wars fan, yeah, you're going to want to see this. And there's a bit, there's a a tiny ounce of nostalgia, but it ends quickly. You open the movie, you go, wow, that ship looks like Star Wars. These parents are dressed, looks like Star Wars. What's this giant monster? Oh, look, Ewoks. Oh, that guy's suit looks like an X-Wing pilot. Done. That's the end of the nostalgia because he opens his mouth and it's over. And the kids are terrible. And I I hate ragging on child actors. I mean, it's a hard thing to find, but these kids are exceptionally bad. Like, like (laughs) he's got, he can't, he can't act. His acting is even worse when he's angry and he's angry at about every turn in this movie. And she's just, oh, just dry. It, It feels like every line of hers was like a breakthrough that she actually said it. So they're like, cut. Do it.
1: It's like if you had one of the Olsen twins in a Star Wars movie, like when they were still like the, like the little like Olsen twins, it's that caliber of acting. And but I, I get know the like lead part. Yeah, exactly. It's like they can speak like, like you can understand what they're saying. Good enough. They're in it. And I, and I know we're like a kid at the age of, you know, five or whatever she was, it's not going to be Laurence Olivier But, damn it, there had to be somebody else.
0: No, there's no adults to, like, beef this up, to class it up, to keep them, keep things straight, keep them in check. You have Ewoks speaking, what is it, Ewokies or whatever they speak?
1: Yeah, yeah. Warwick Davis was the best actor in this movie. And you know who the
0: second best actor in the movie was? Burl Burl Ives. (laughs) Yes. So, yeah, this movie's, it's, I, when I was watching this movie and, it got to a point where they were like, all right, let's go get mom and dad. I'm like, all right, we're getting the end of this thing. And it was like 34 minutes in. I still had an hour. I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, this is going to be forever. And it was.
1: The call to adventure should not be that late into the damn movie. It just it just really shouldn't be. Yeah, I check the time on this a lot. <laughs> Like, pause it, like, how much, like, oh my god, it's only been, like, four minutes. Oh, man.
0: So, no, I I don't recommend this every... It is is better than the the Star Wars Holiday Special. But that might be a runtime possibility, that's possibly Mm -hmm. it, and less embarrassing things happening. It's just boring.
1: There is, at least with this, there is an overall storyline. They crash, they have to get their parents back from... The Gorax, and that's it. Whereas the Star Wars holiday special is what Chewbacca has to get back to his family or something. Okay, whatever. And then they're all in space, wearing robes, and Carrie Fisher sings and thinks about all the coke she's gonna have afterwards. I mean, it's just.
0: You do you want to hear something infuriate? Make to make you more infuriated about this Ewok adventure movie. Lay it on me. The next film is The Battle for Endor. Okay. It's uh, another TV movie, followed a year later. I'm going to read you just the opening two lines of the synopsis. Okay. Are you ready? I am ready. This is the synopsis for Battle for Endor. The army of marauders led by King Tarek and the witch Sharol, attack the Ewoks village. The, <sighs> oh, The parents and brother... Of Sindel, all die in this attack. Oh. This adventure was for nothing.
1: <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Oh, but also, why the fuck are they still on Endor? Why didn't they leave?
0: Let's make a life here. Yeah,
1: they all die
0: immediately in the next movie.
1: Yeah. That's why I remember the little girl so much. I'm, I don't know if I ever saw this first one. I may have only seen the second one. So what you're saying is that every Ewok movie completely craps on what happened in the movie before it.
0: Apparently. And then Sindel, she ends up in the uh, the thank God it's been wiped out of existence expanded universe. They brought her back. <gasps> In those uh, those wonderful novels they had, but apparently she grew up to be a reporter on *Coruscant*.
1: Well, I'm glad she made it off the damn planet, you stupid.
0: But not anymore because that's been wiped from existence. (laughs) (laughs) On the next episode of *Cult Cinema Cavalcade*, we'll be celebrating the holidays with *1989*'s *Elves*. If you're not wanting to spend $33 plus on an old worn VHS copy, you can find this film
1: on YouTube. I uh, can't recommend this movie highly enough, folks. <laughs> of all the movies that we've seen before, I think this is the one that you need to see.
0: It's our gift to you. Our episode has come to an end. I'd like to thank you for lending us your ears.
1: Seriously, Elves is going to be so much better. Dan Haggerty.
0: Dan Haggerty, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) That's all you got to say. Acting legend and treasure, Dan Haggerty. We look forward to next time, but first, stay tuned for the trailer to next week's film, Elves, the trailer that actually trails.
2: AIP Home Video. An innocent romp in the woods turns into a hellish nightmare when an evil force is accidentally awakened. Action International Pictures presents the gruesome holiday shocker. Elves, they're not working for Santa anymore. When a rough day at work, Santa got murdered. Their mission: to mate with a virgin and conquer the world as a pint-sized master race. I'm saving it for someone special. Dan Haggerty stars as Mike McGavin, an ex-detective working on hard times. First you send, and then you die. She is the most important person on earth. From her will grow the new order. <laughs> Santa must expose this unholy force before the Elves destroy Christmas. Jesus Christ. Ah! Ah! Elves. They're not working for Santa anymore.
0: Thank you for listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade. You can find more of Cullen's work on the A Touch of Crash podcast, also found on the Dead Radio Entertainment Network, and on Twitter at MyNameIsCullen. You can find more of my written work on WhySoBlue.com. My Twitter handle is at peters. Our producer is Brad Shoemaker. Podcast edited by Brandon. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf, found on the freemusicarchive.org website. The movie in today's discussion is property of its respective studio and no infringement is intended. Please join us again in two weeks for our next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade.
2: Right.
0: I have a question for you. All right. Would Do you have a problem... If this movie is considered part of the Star Wars canon, (sighs) not whether, oh, this is a great movie or not, but if this, would you still consider this canon? Because no one's ever addressed the issue of, hey, since they changed what it is, they've never said, hey, oh, the Ewok movies, are those canon or not?
1: You know what? It doesn't matter if it's they, canon. I think
0: they, they can be, because nothing in this affects anything else.
1: Like I said, the stakes, compared to the rest of the Star Wars movies, the stakes are so low, it doesn't matter. But Someone,
0: If this comes before Return of the Jedi, I'm glad the stakes are low, because their greatest, the Ewok's greatest challenge lies ahead of them in Return of the Jedi. Why have something bigger?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This should take place before that. You're right. I agree. Ugh. So, because otherwise that means that Wicket's still living with his with his, with his with his family. He's still living at home. He needs to get out, get some some Ewok tail. Uh,
0: yeah. I I don't have a problem with it, if it's considered canon because I don't think it contradicts, adds or subtracts to anything there. So uh, that under that, yeah. Do you need to watch this? No.